0: What's up, everybody? Stephen Mark coming at you from the PBSC podcast. It is uh, episode 159. Good to be with you guys today. We are here uh, talking about a a topic that uh, we haven't had written in about in a while, but one that comes up all the time in clinic as well as in our uh, Dare to Connect program. Uh, And probably the easiest way to address this is just to go ahead and read it briefly, and then we'll just uh, jump right into it. So this is from a partner, and uh, this is uh, uh, referring to her and her addict spouse. There we go. My partner has been in recovery for only three months now. And it was then that I found out about all of the disclosure of his addiction. He has he has had two relapses since then and has been honest about where he is in his recovery. He is in a 12 step recovery program and has expressed that he is struggling with shame, guilt, and feeling like a failure. Your podcast is truly helping me recognize I can't control his recovery and I am only responsible for my own uh, stuff. I'm going to insert that there. Uh, some, but sometimes The fear and insecurities are overwhelming when he is in these moments because I fear they mean that he is going to act out. I know I can't plan for them happening, but I don't know what the best way to react to him when he is honest about when he is honest about these relapses. I genuinely want to be supportive and I do appreciate him being honest, but I struggle with feeling like by supporting him during those moments, uh, I don't have any boundaries and I am enabling him by not overreacting during these moments. His relapses haven't been cheating, but because of my own betrayal trauma, I am terrified that they are leading up to that. I want to be supportive to his, to his addiction recovery and also give him a safe place to share when or if he slips, when or if slips happen, but I don't know the healthy or best route uh, or healthiest or best route I should say to take when he does disclose those moments to me.
1: Mm. There we go. That's a great, uh, that's a great question and situation. I can talk to that personally. Awesome. So back in my early recovery, when I would have a slip or a relapse, and I would share it with my wife, she's an, she's an extremely optimistic, positive person. She's very solutions oriented. And she would, you know, she would question me and say, you know, do, why did it happen? Have you done your work to tap into your support system? Have you, you know, worked, it, worked through it with your, with your people so that you know why you did it? And what are you going to do different going forward? Right, she would try to get to the "let's move forward" place as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. That's her personality. So, what would happen in Mark's attic brain when she would do that? Oh, you know what? That wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. I told her about it, and I thought I was going to get reamed. You know, but she was so positive, and it—it it, it seems like it barely affected her. And so, you know what? And here comes Mark's attic brain in the background. Hey, you know what, Mark? You actually have, uh, like some leadway now and you could slip a relapse when you need it. Cause she handled it really well. So yeah. cool. I have permission.
0: I guess this isn't as big
1: of a deal as I thought. <laughs> and This is exactly what this gal's worried about. Right. Yeah. I love what she said. If I don't overreact when he shares his slipper relapses, he's just going to get, go complacent. Yes. I have to like be a crazy person in order for him to take this serious.
0: Absolutely. Well, and this does hit, you know, fairly close to, you know, in, in, in our dare to connect program, uh, for addict spouses and couples, we have kind of a monthly topic that we discuss Mm. and then we kind of used it. We, we bring to bear a whole bunch of different things, different skill sets and things to the forefront. Uh, my wife is going to be on the dare to connect program next Friday uh she'll be participating with us and answering some questions directly we're going to be doing on lights on site location broadcast this coming monday uh which will be actually the day that this is uh, uh the day after this is uh, broadcast uh we, we do lots of different things uh tied into those topics and as i'm thinking about you know the submission this the the balance that a coupleship has to has to display you know when you talk about how do i connect with them or or in some ways right not in totality how do i empathize or how do i support right? But how at the same time do I keep, do I maintain accountability, right? For myself and for him. Accountability for myself, meaning, you know, how do I make sure that I am not giving him a pass, that I'm not taking my own feelings, right? And shoving those down and not addressing them. But also at the same time, how do I uh, share myself with him uh, in a way from an accountability standpoint, from my own perspective, that communicates who where I'm at, but in a way that is letting go, right? Of of, of myself getting authentic in different inauthentic, I should say, in different ways. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of the battle here.
1: It's I mean. hard for spouses because they walk a tightrope, right? The yes. question they ask themselves is what's the best response I can give now that he shared that he had a slip or a relapse, what's the best response so that that there's the <clears> best chance he'll take his recovery seriously? Yes. Spouses, Absolutely. they don't know. It's like, they, mm-hmm. it's like, well, you know, if I get really angry and in his face, he seems to do well for a while. Yeah. And, and the problem is you brought this up before we started today, Steve. You said, you said responding to his inauthenticity with your own inauthenticity slash control is not really helpful.
0: No, a, a a a second a second misstep in the authenticity world won't won't help anything. And and when we say in inauth- being inauthentic, well, this is when we, inauthenticity, You know that term. It obviously has lots of different meanings. We use that terminology a lot here. I guess if we were to dial it really in, right? If I when I start to give up pieces of myself, or or how I would portray myself, or what I'm thinking or feeling, in an effort to try to regulate the reactions or the actions for that matter of someone else, in this case, my spouse really, no matter how well intended that is, it you, the returns are, there's a net, a net negative, right. When it comes to the cost versus return with that. Well, um, cause
1: I shared my personal experience as we started. So the question you have to ask yourself if, so when, if my wife took an angry in my face approach, would that, would that quote, get me in line? Yes. Yeah. The question is for how long? Correct. How long would her, you know, controlling or making me change, how long would that carry me in my recovery? If the pressure is sufficient enough
0: from a partner or from other external sources, we see guys uh, all the time, men and women, who struggle with sexual compulsion. We see them, for example, develop out sobriety, sometimes for extended time periods, uh, in many cases, if, again, the external pressure is big enough. But the problem with that is, is is, that the external pressure never lasts. And in this case, we end up having to compromise ourselves to apply that external pressure. In other words, what happens is is the way I, I phrase this with clients is that brings about somebody's, somebody's being compelled, right? Mm. Their, their compliance, mm. right? That brings about compliance. But what we're looking for isn't for a guy to, under duress, agree to act or behave in a certain way. What we are looking for is for an addict to be able to develop that long-term conversion. Yes. Recovery. Compulsion versus conversion. Right. We want him to be choosing recovery on his own terms, not from a place of resenting his wife or his church or his job or whatever. Right now, as we talk about often on here, do externals help bring a guy to the table? Of course, Most guys start recovery because of external pressure, but the long-term game plan never works. If that's your sole basis for recovery. And so we, and so we have to make that shift. And so if that's going to happen, recovery, two things have to happen. Recovery has to be sustainable on both people's end. And again, he has to choose that. Once we start engaging in this cycle of you eating up emotional, mental, and then many cases, physical energy, trying to do things to make him change, two things are going to happen. One, he is going to start resenting and going to increasingly shift the focus or the blame to you. Yep. Or the things that are getting in the way because now you're an obstacle to his his midbrain's happiness. (laughs) Not his true happiness, but his midbrain's happiness. Wanting to feel good, wanting to medicate, want to numb out. The second piece that's going to happen, and this is equally as bad, is you are going to burn out unnecessary and much needed emotional, mental, and physical energy on him that will have zero positive impact when you desperately need to be investing that in yourself right? Um, for the sake yep. of the relationship.
1: Trying to control his recovery and make him change his behavior is going to drain you of the energy that you need for your own healing. Correct. Yep. there
0: is There is nothing that a wife can say or do in the long term, to make a partner change. Yep. At the end of the day, this always comes back to the 12-step 12 twelve-step enshrined concept of you do you and I do me. Right At the end of the day, everyone's agency in any relationship, romantic or otherwise, is always sovereign. There's No 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 one has invented the serum yet to control their partner. If anyone does, I was going to say, let us know. We'll write a book together and get rich. But even if such a
1: thing existed, we wouldn't want to do that because it's like,
0: but regardless, so
1: yeah. Let, I mean, right? so let's so so a lot of the, a lot of partners or spouses listening are probably wondering, well, well, what is authentic, what do we do? What is authentic for me in those situations where he shares that he slipped or had a relapse? Yep. And I love your term, Steve, that you often use. Is you say you need to be a clear window to him. That is authentic. You need to show him what is going on inside of you as a spouse or partner. And why that's important is that clear window that you allow him to see into your heart and soul, that puts everything back on him. Yes, as opposed to the as opposed to it being outside pressure.
0: It's that clear window, and then it's also the other side of that, which is holding up the mirror to him and yes. having him having him self reflect and say, "I mean, what is this costing you? Right? What is this? How? What's the impact that this is having on you?" And, and, and honestly, and so what we have here is, is we, we take the approach. Now that doesn't mean that when we say being authentic, that doesn't mean that you don't get angry, nor does that mean that you don't get frustrated. It does mean that we don't cross healthy communication boundaries about getting toxic name, calling personal attacks. None of those things ever elicit positive change, but by the same token, That doesn't mean that you're letting him off the hook. In fact, we talked about this a few weeks back on another podcast. Honestly, the way to hold him more accountable is by doing what we are talking about. Because as Mark and I have both said before, I'd much rather deal with my wife angry than my wife sad. Yes, Um, I would rather do that all day long. I'll deal with that secondary anger emotion all day rather than my wife's primary pain. And so what do, what does that look like in, key, in terms of keeping healthy communication boundaries? That means that you are in very clear terms, one, get connected with yourself about the, the implications and the consequences, but two, you share those things with him. You need to know, husband or spouse, that when this happens, this is exactly how this impacts me emotionally, mentally, spiritually, right? I find myself right now in this moment. I, if someone were to ask me if I want to be in this marriage, I could not a- honestly answer yes right now. If somebody were to put me on the spot, I honestly would not be able to know. When you act out and, and you lie about it or deceive or whatever it is, right, that's tied in with that, it affects me in X, Y, and Z ways. And and I care too much about this relationship to shield you from that anymore. Yeah. And so I, I care about you and I want you and and I don't, I'm not here to hurt you. But you need to know exactly what your action, the impact that they're having, so that
1: you can be empowered to make the right choices for you. Yeah. When a spouse, instead of a spouse getting in my face and screaming at me, if she instead starts to break down and cry and she looks at me and says, I cannot tell you what happens to me when I know that you have been out there looking at hundreds or thousands of of women. And now I feel like I'm in a competition where you're comparing. I mean, let and let's I mean, let's get super raw and real. I have to compare my 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 breasts to all the breasts you've been looking at. Yeah. Sure. I look at my own legs and wonder if they could ever possibly measure up to what you've been what you've been ogling. Absolutely. That's real. That like puts it right back on me.
0: Yeah. I question myself, you know, for weeks afterwards, when we're having sex, who are you having sex with? I don't know. Yeah. I want I hope it's me but I hate wondering and I don't feel like it's fair for me to have to wonder. That's not fair. Right. And so we, and so however that looks for you, right. This is all about you finding that inner voice and that authenticity. And again, using very using healthy language, right. Again, we can, you can much more acutely uh, convey emotions more powerfully, believe it or not, minus all the toxicity, all the swearing, honestly, it, it actually, those things, No matter, even though they may feel good to throw out there, you know, call him a jackass or call his manhood into question or whatever, whatever it is that feels, you know, that comes to mind with the anger, those things all end up deflecting and distancing us from the real issues, rather than tackling them head on. Now, of course, what's the obvious question that I can almost hear every spouse saying? Well, what if I do that and he doesn't choose me? If he, if you do that and he doesn't choose you, then we're now, now we're getting real because now we're looking at. What is the real potential for this relationship making making it? Right. And that's part of why we go to those toxic places. Because even as we as humans want to address difficult things, we want to, but we don't. Right? We want to address it to a degree, but we want to stop at the line of having to question: is this going to work? And that's yeah. the reality, right? That's the yeah. scary reality, is that when we have a spouse who is engaging in X, Y, or Z behaviors that hit on such a deep level and cause a certain critical mass of pain, scary things happen. Like we question, will this make it? And 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 you have to care about the relationship enough as a spouse, uh, for those who are listening, to, to be honest and to be real with him. And say, you know what, I'm not here to, you know, I'm not going to attack you or demean you, but I am not going to spare you either. I'm yeah, not going to so protect you from this.
1: If you have a, as you if you as a spouse really plug into your own authenticity, you you have a support system that's separate from him from him, you bring yourself to a place where you can calmly but very emotionally raw express to him what this is doing to you and the impact. If he doesn't honor that, if he doesn't take you serious, if he takes the, the 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 calm, quiet, but very emotionally raw way you do it is weakness and he exploits it. Now, if he does that over and over and over again, as Steve said, you got to come to the place where you have to ask, is this going to work? Because mm-hmm. if the only way if I can get this guy's attention is to literally come unglued like a crazy, insane, angry person, and that's the only way I get his attention, that's not a relationship.
0: No, for sure. Absolutely. So no, it's, 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 it's absolutely true. And we've shared many times on the podcast stories about where that's where change began for us. In fact, when I, uh, when my wife and I uh, are on D on the dare to connect program uh, f- a week from Friday. So on the, uh, I don't know, what is that? The third or fourth, the of 30th, February I think what is 23? That? Um, no, that's Monday. Oh, that's so it'll Monday. Be like the third or fourth or whatever that is of February of 2023. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We're actually going to be broadcasting from my, uh, from where my wife first got honest with me in this regard about how bad things really were mm. as i was relating to you know my eight billion three relapse and we were kind of doing our dance of how we process those and she was always supportive and i would make a half-ass apology and of course and i'm half the time replan planning my next relapse kind of like what mark was saying earlier even as i'm apologizing right Um, that's where we're going to, we're going to broadcast from ground zero, where that all kind of happened and where that changed. It's going to be really cool. Anyway, all that is to say, guys, we do great and amazing things on dare to connect. If you like what happens on here, the reality is, is we do our best to tackle questions in a limited way, but this is not, uh, this is not a place where we can, we can tackle all these, all those things fully. If you like the podcast, we would humbly submit that the best way to support it. Cause we don't run ads on here is come check out dare to connect. Please come, uh, give it a look, give it a listen. Uh, for a crazy, insane low price, we will give you more content a month in the world of recovery on an interactive level than you could probably process
1: um, <laughs> consistently.
0: True. Uh, we are here to support. Dare to Connect supports people at every stage of recovery. Don't wait. Quit putting it off. If you want to take this to the level, next level and really get serious about this, podcast is great. Dare to Connect is better. Come on over. We'd love to have you there. Yeah, and You can find out information sure. about that at uh, daretoconnectnow.com. That's where you can grab the free trial.
1: Right, everybody. Uh, thanks for being here. We, uh, we love all of you, our PBSC listeners. And, and every time we see one of you come over to DC, we love that too. Absolutely. We really get to help you uh, in an intense, deep way over there.
0: We get to know people in a great way. We get, yeah, to, we we do. get really connected yeah. with our, our subscribers. It's awesome. Yeah, so please come on. Awesome. Room.
1: But uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's our episode for today. And uh, looking forward uh, to, uh when we get to spend time with you next time and, For any of you who decide to dare to come over to Dare to Connect, uh, we're looking forward to seeing you there as well.
0: Absolutely. Awesome, guys. Have a great rest of the week, and we will talk to you soon. Everything expressed on the PBSC podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.